Let's pray before we, we dive in. Uh, we're going to ask just God to, to, guide, to guide me, <laughs> to guide us in the word. Amen? Are you happy today? Are you joyful? God is good. Amen? Father, thank you, Lord, for your word in advance. I know that you have a word for all of us here. I pray, Father, that, that your, you know, my words would be yours, God. Father, I, I want to partner up with you. I want to I speak your truth, God, and, and let the people just receive it. Let all of us just receive it, God. We open our hearts to your word, and we ask you just to guide us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, before we start Friday, we had an awesome prayer and worship night. Amen. But praise the Lord. We, we saw a lot, of, uh, a lot of miracles. A lot of people were healed. Um, hopefully one of these days we can have testimonies. Um, I know some people were healed. Some people told us about healing. Yesterday also, we were at this conference that they ask us to participate in every year, our worship team. And uh, this time, uh, normally I speak. I close the night. And, and this time, Kevin actually spoke. Give God a hand for that. <clears throat> so uh, we saw some miracles last night as well. Some people's backs were healed and 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 knees and all kinds of stuff and also the it's like a youth conference there's a lot of uh, young people there uh like really young like you know like teenagers and uh there's a lot of teenagers and but god you know god did amazing things with them and uh he does every single year and i see the growth like there's more kids every time we go back so um praise the lord for that amen so god wants to use us you know all of us here it's not just you know, certain people is all, all of us. God wants to use us. And uh, it was funny because I, I kind of went to just I just wanted to go, you know, just and relax and chill and receive. And uh, I was like, no, I'm not. You know, uh, you guys go pray for people. And then Kevin's like, Mario, can you please pray? And I was like, yes, praise the Lord, you know, <laughs> but it was awesome. So um, it's been a great weekend. Um, some people would be like, man, you've been at church all weekend, huh? Friday, Saturday, and now Sunday. Well, I'm a church boy. Uh, I've been for a long time. I realized that I think this weekend, I was, I was in the shower, and I was like, man, I'm a church boy. Like, I've been a church boy for a long time. But more than that, I am the church, and so are you. Amen? If you have Jesus in your heart, we are the church. So today I want to talk to you, and hopefully for the next couple weekends, I want to talk to you about this concept that... Uh, the Lord put in my heart called over, on, and in. I believe that it's God's desire and, and God's heart to be over us, to be on us, and to be in us. And I think that that's his position in our life. Amen? He has, uh, he's called us to, uh, to, to live in him. The Bible says that we are hidden in Christ. Amen? So everything that God has placed in our life is because he's placed himself in our life. Amen? He's placed himself over us. He's placed himself on us, or, or you could say with. And he's definitely placed himself inside of us. Amen? And so we should walk in victory and in this victory. The crazy thing about this is that I want you to also understand is that the enemy tries to gain ground in the positioning that God has over our life. So sometimes the enemy will try to gain ground in areas over our life. And... Those areas, they don't belong to him because he's defeated in our life. And so those areas, we have to make sure that, that we don't let 
you know, the enemy take over in those areas, that we don't believe the lies of the enemy and that we don't give him room to be over us in any reason, for any reason or for in any season or for anything over our lives. Whether it be your finances, your health, your emotions, your, your family, your spouse, your children, in any of those areas, the, your emotions, in any of those areas, the enemy should not be over them because those areas belong to the Lord. They belong to God. Amen. So he should be over us, on us, and in us. And I believe that we are children of God. And I believe that, that he is. He is that. I believe that he is over us and on us and in us. Amen? You believe that? So in the next few Sundays, hopefully, we'll be talking about the breakthrough that God has given us in areas of our lives. I think sometimes there's areas in our lives where we just believe the enemy's lies. And we live in this illusion and this concept that we're defeated in this area. And so we'll live like that and we'll confess things with our mouth and in our heart. And we don't notice that we've actually given room for the enemy to work in one of the areas of our life. And then breakthrough has to happen because God wants that area. It reminds me of the people of Israel. You guys remember the people of Israel went to the promised land, but there was people in the promised land. So Moses, he sends out 12. Amen. You guys remember that he sends out uh, sends out 12 spies. And when they come back, two of them are like, yes, we can do it. Let's go. Let's do it. They might be they might be giants there. There might be all these things there. But let's go because uh, uh, God has given us the victory. Amen. So uh, 10 of them, though, 10 of them are like, I don't know. I don't know if we can do it. I mean, there's giants there. They can kill us. They can destroy us. I don't know if, if we can do this, if we can go in. You see, when, when people start seeing the obstacles, they make the obstacles their reality. But God has, has challenged us and has given us the mind of Christ so that we don't see the reality that we see with our eyes, but that we would see the reality that God sees. Amen? So what Josh and Caleb saw when they went to see the promised land, they saw victory. They saw an ability to gain the promised land that God had promised them. But the other ten, they couldn't see that. All they saw was defeat. So if you see defeat, you're going to feel defeated and therefore you're going to be defeated. But God hasn't given us that heart, that mind, or that spirit. The Bible says he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Amen? He has placed victory over our lives. So when we see the obstacle, when we see the promised land, but there's giants there, we don't see the giants. We don't see the obstacle. We don't see the high walls. We see victory. We see that we will be there. The land of milk and honey, whatever God has promised us, will be ours because it's ours. And that's why it's important that God be over us, on us, and in us. And I know he's definitely in us. And I know he's definitely with us, but there's areas of our life that sometimes the enemy wants to gain over us. The Bible says in Psalms 18.35, you don't have to go there, and I promise you, we'll go to the Bible soon. But can you put it up? Psalms 18.35. It says, you have also given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand upholds me. And your gentleness makes me great. Amen. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand upholds me. And your gentleness makes me great. 
Amen? Let's go to uh, the next one, Jair, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. You don't have to go there, but, I mean, if you want, but I'm just going to read it. It says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So there's a victory to be had. There's, there's a victory to gain. Amen? Like, he has given us all the victory in Jesus Christ to be victorious in the areas of our life. Amen? So that's what 1 Corinthians 15.57 says. 2 Corinthians 2.14 But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Amen? But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph, always leads us, leads us in victory in Christ and manifests through the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Last one. Some boast in chariots and some in horses, but we will boast in the name of the Lord, our God. And that's Psalms 27. Is it up there? Yeah. So let's read that one again. Some boast in chariots and some in horses or their own strength, but we will boast in the name of the Lord, our God. And I can go on and on and on with verses that declare victory over our life. Amen. This is the, the position that God has given us. This is the, the disposition that God has given us to, to have a mindset of victory. Amen. To have a mindset that we're victorious, that we're more than conquerors. When God is over us, he is over us in every area of our life. And I want to give you some examples. Our finances, our health, our ministry, our families, emotions, mind, morals and values, general areas of our life that affect our territory. The territory that God has given us is our life and our families and the ones around us, our community. They all are affected by God over us. Amen. When God is on us, he is on us as individuals, meaning he's with us as individuals. And this what, what this affects, it, it affects it empowers us. He guides us. He anoints us. He blesses others through us because he's with us. Amen. He gives us confidence. He, he envelops us with his love. Paul said like this, put on the armor of God. Put on the new man every day. Why? Because that's Jesus Christ on us. Amen? You guys are quiet today. Amen? <laughs> Wake up. When God is in us, which he is, say amen to that at least, please. All right. Thank you. I'm sweating up here. Y'all help me out now. He gives us identity when he's in us. He gives us living waters, gifts of the Holy Spirit. He gives us the fruit of the Spirit, which is like joy, peace, love, long-suffering, self-control. This is him working inside of us. He gives us his voice from within, his glory, his grace, the, the riches, the, his salvation, all from within. So he affects everything in our lives when he's over us, on us, and in us. Am I making sense so far? Amen. It is as if the Father is over us, the Son is on us, because we put on the new man, we put on Christ, and the Holy Spirit is deep within us. Today we sang a song like, deep cries out to, you guys remember that song? 
I, I, you know, like, we sang that song for years, and some of you are like, what are we singing about? This is a nice song, the river, like, deep cries. What is the deep, like, deep ocean? Like, I don't get it. And deep cries out to deep is our deepest part is our new creation, our spirit crying out to his deepness, his, his spirit, the Holy Spirit. Amen. So deep cries out to deep, which is the Holy Spirit and our spirit communicating. Amen. So this is his intention. His intention is to always be over us, to, to be on us. He wants to rule in every area of our life. Does that make sense? In, thank you. In every area of our life, he wants to rule over us. All right, I know you guys are probably thrown off because we haven't gone to the Bible yet. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. These are some big napkins. Look at this. The whole face right here. I got a big face or something? Say amen when you have it, okay? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 6. I know the visitors are like, this pastor is weird. No, you're not. I'm just kidding. If, amen? Ephesians 4, 6. Amen. Let's read it. It says, one God and Father of all. Listen to the language here. Let's, we read this like weeks ago, but maybe we didn't catch it here. Who is over all, through all, and in all. Amen? Let's read it again. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Wow. There it is. When, when God spoke to me this message, he was speaking to me in a, in a personal level, of course, and uh, about areas in my life where sometimes I'll believe the enemy. And you, you kind of like... You know, like, m most of us, what we do is when, when we believe a lie from the enemy is um, we don't automatically, like, like rebuke it. We'll uh, Netflix it. We'll uh, uh, Facebook it. Uh, we'll do everything else but rebuke it. Okay, that's like, okay, like, when you're really attacked, you're like, okay, I need prayer. Let me text someone right now. We got to pray. That, that's like the last thing. But on, let's be honest. Okay, Mario is honest. Sometimes when the enemy attacks us, uh, we don't automatically say, no, no, I rebuke it. We'll, we'll kind of store it. Like, no, I'll, I'll ignore it. I'll put it over here. And then uh, you go through your day because you're busy and, you know, it's just uh, you have stuff filling your mind. But as soon as you lay your head on the pillow at night, that thought just comes back. Where? I thought that I thought I Netflixed it and I, I it was gone out of my sight and then all of a sudden I, I'm laying in bed and then boom that thought comes back. Amen. Am I the only one? Maybe I'm the only one. I am the only one. Okay. I, I know what you meant. I'm just kidding. And and what we need to start doing is not letting the enemy in these areas of our life. And we need to start rebuking him and saying he's a liar. And I'll show you. Uh, it, I'll illustrate it through the word, but. Uh, we can't allow him in areas of our life. Amen. So the Bible says that we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. That means that you are walking kingdom of God. 
Amen? When you walk, you're like a, a mini kingdom of God. You represent the big kingdom of God. That's what an ambassador does. When an ambassador is, you know, in, in another country, in Europe, for instance, uh, from the U.S., uh, he represents the U.S., and he has uh, secret service with him. He has, he has armed guards, like, uh, you know, from the armed forces, and, and so do we. When, we. when we're walking around, we're ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We have angels around us. We have uh, the greatest army of heaven with us, and we have the general with us, huh? Come on, somebody. We have the general with us. We have God over us, on us, and in us. But we are representing the kingdom of God everywhere we go. And so what the, what the enemy tries to do is he tries to gain inches into your territory and tries to cover it, cover it up and be in the hidden corner. You got to get him out. You got to rebuke him. You, got, you can't believe the lies. The Bible says that in Luke, uh, I mean, in John uh, chapter 17, the Bible says that truth sets us free, that truth sanctified us, amen? And so we can't believe the lies. We have to believe truth, the truth about us, the truth about what God has done in our life. How could the Israelites, when they walked into the promised land, they walked into the promised land, they set up their, their lands, and literally days, maybe months later, they're worshiping other idols. Why? We, why do we allow the enemy an entrance? I mean, we won't, like, go and worship other idols. Don't get me wrong. But we'll give him, like, an inch, and he doesn't even deserve a, a centimeter, a millimeter, nothing in our lives. Like, he has, they're, they're, don't give him attention. All right? I don't even want to give him attention today, to be honest with you. But since I'm teaching, I have to. You know, I have to teach you. Don't give him attention. You know, I always thought, like, why did the Israelites have to worship other idols? And, you know, I get annoyed when you read, like, Exodus and, all, you know, all those books. You're like, come on, Israel. Like, hello. Like, the Red Sea, you know, the Jordan River. Like, come on. Like, the walls of Jericho came down and you're worshiping other idols but sometimes it's easier for us to touch things to 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 be able to hold things because believing in the invisible god sometimes can get difficult for us and that's when the enemy comes in and he tries to tell you things to how to manage your faith but god doesn't want to manage faith he wants a powerful faith a trust in god amen he wants a trust in god like 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 no inches for the enemy amen in some cases, especially with believers, the enemy doesn't, he knows he can't get in, but he'll take what he can get. And you'll see it like it's so apparent in the body of Christ today where, where you know, uh, it, it's, I mean, we're seeing miracles in this church, amen? And we're seeing people being healed, but, but not every believer believes that God can do that. And what we're saying with that is that the, the sacrifice of Jesus and what he did and what the Bible says is not powerful enough. But it is. Amen. 
So we sometimes will, we, he can't get in, but, but he'll take what he can get and, and, and he'll get in, in areas over our life where, where it might be our finances, our health, or ministry and things like that. But you, you can't seem to have breakthrough in this area. It just seems like, like year after year, it's the same thing in this area of your life. It's the same issue. But what I'm saying to you today by the Holy Spirit is that God didn't create you to live from defeat to glory to defeat. He created you for purpose and greatness so that you can live from glory to glory is what the bible says he also says that he didn't make you the tail but he made you the head amen that he made you to go forward and not backwards so that's what i'm saying we can't give him an inch we can't give him an inch a centimeter nothing because god has given us the victory You might have something that you have in your life now. But it can't be something that torments you and you don't have peace about. Me and Cynthia, we have uh, this thing that we we want babies. Amen? You guys praying for us? Amen? Glory to God. We want to have children. And we will in Jesus' name. But there's days, there's bad days though. Not going to lie. There's bad days where I'm like, man, is is it going to like... And there's those days of doubt. And I'm not talking about having moments where, where you question or, or, or you have moments of weakness or sadness. I'm not talking about moments. I'm talking about seasons of depression and tormenting from the enemy because you have believed a lie. And we can't give him an inch. So when we have those days, it's so cool because it won't be both of us at the same time. So I'll have a day like that. And Cynthia will be, like, encouraging me. And for the longest, for years, I, I, I was the one encouraging. And then one day I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like this sometimes too, so I'm just going to ask or, or say. And then she would encourage me. And then we encourage each other in those moments of weakness. But we have peace about the situation. We trust God that he's going to do it in the name of Jesus. And not just that we trust God that that, that that he has a plan for us, that we're in his hands, amen? And I'm not doubting that God is with me and, and that his plan is marvelous for my life, amen? So that's how we got to live. We, we can't say, if we confess it, like rebuke it you know like like i know we make mistakes but don't even confess it don't even let it come out of your mouth come to someone and say hey i've been thinking this way i know it's not right can you help me pray we're not going to give him an inch why don't we go and, and let me show you the illustration now in the book of daniel chapter three i know you're gonna like this part most of you have, you guys know this, uh, if you grew up in church especially. Um, if not, if you don't know this, good. Because today you're going to see something and, and read something amazing. Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. Let me hear an amen if you have it. We're going to read verse 17 through, uh, through 19. Amen. It says, If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, 
is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who the name, most famous names in the Bible, um, they, you know, na, na, uh, the king Nebuchadnezzar puts up a, a, an idol of himself, and he wants all the people to worship him. And, and at the sound of some cymbals or, or some, uh, you know, some instruments, they are, everyone is to bow down before the image. Amen? And so these three young individuals, they decide we're not going to do that. We're not going to give the enemy any inches. We're not going to believe the lies of the enemy. We're not going to allow the enemy to control us, to influence us, to fill our heads with lies. We're not going to give him a moment. We're not going to give him attention. We're going to stand out in the midst of darkness when the bells go off or whatever it was. Everyone bowed down except them three. They did not give room to the enemy. They did not give him attention. They stood their ground. They knew who they belonged to. And they did not care about the results or the consequences. Amen. They were so entrusting to God that he would deliver them that they stood their ground and did not bow down to an idol, or to the enemy, in this case. So they get in trouble with the king. And their statement here is powerful. These guys, they make the enemy really uncomfortable. (laughs) You and I have been called... To make the enemy uncomfortable. I saw this thing on social media somewhere. You know how they have these cliche things. And it, forgive me if I, got it, if I get it wrong, but it said that, well, you know, when a believer wakes up in the morning, the enemy should be like, uh-oh. Right? Something like that. You guys know. But, but I was like, it's true. When, 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 uh, uh, when this law came that they were to worship this idol, the enemy thought, I got him. I got him now. Like, like for sure, uh, this is a moment where I'm going to get him. And they did not bow down. And I love what they say. Because what they say, uh, the Lord spoke to me actually this morning about what they said. Because for so long, I thought this, this phrase that they said was unbelief. And it wasn't. It ain't. It's not. If that is the case, they said, our God whom we serve is able. Now, they say he's able to. You got to have in your language that God is able to. Tell your neighbor God is able. Tell him like that. God is able. God is able. You got to have in your arsenal, in your pocket, you got to have in, in your weapon, you got to have this God is 
able in your language. Amen? The next part he, they say is God is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will. So the next step in faith is versus God is able. The next part is and he will. Give God a hand. Come on. Praise God. So first, the first step is God is able. And we believe it in our heart. The enemy might come and say, you'll never have breakthrough in finances. You'll, you'll, never, you'll, you'll never have a baby. You'll, you, you, you'll never have, bring unity to your family. You'll never get the job that you want. You'll never have a clear sense of who you are. You'll never feel worthy. And in your language, in your confession, you got to say, not only is that a lie, but God is able. And secondly, He will. He will. He will. He will. I mean, these guys are being taken to a fiery furnace. Not only is the furnace hot, but the king said, turn it up seven times because I want these guys to burn. And on their way to the fire, they are like, he is able and he will. He is able and he will. He is able and he will. On the way to the fire. Don't be scared of the fire because God is able and he will deliver you from any fire that life may throw at you. He is able and he will. This is for me too. Don't think that I got this already. I got to practice this too. This God is able and he will. I got to practice this. But the next phrase scared me. And at first I thought, this is unbelief. That they're not believing here when they say this. And they say, but if not. Oh, I thought it was unbelief. I thought it was contradictory to what they had just said. God is able and he will. The next statement scared me. Because I remember Jesus saying the same exact thing. But if not, you know, that but if not moment is not, it's not unbelief. It's not doubt. You know what it is? (laughs) I love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. It is. Not giving the enemy an inch. They were not going to show anyone that they had fear. They were not going to confess that I'm a little scared. They were not going to say that, you know, maybe I will bow down actually to the idol. That moment, but if not, is a moment of faith. Is a moment that God has everything in his hands and I trust him. That's that, but if not, moment takes maturity. It takes learning. It takes practice. It takes the Lord taking us through the process. 
Because we might not all be at the but if not moment. Now, there's some but if not moments that are just doubt. Let's just keep it real. All right. There's some but if not moments that you're just like, you know what? But if not, it's because you don't believe. And me too. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they believed. They said he is able and he will. But if not, king, we will never, ever, and I mean ever, serve your gods. We will never give you an inch, enemy. We will never believe your lies. And I mean ever believe your lies. We will not give you an inch. The devil might come to you and say, you'll never be prosperous. And you're like, you're like you've been like, you know, I got, I got to have a breakthrough in this area. And the enemy will come and say, you will never have breakthrough in this. And you'll say, he is able to, he will, but if not, I'm still not going to believe you. I'm still not going to give you an inch. I'm still going to worship my God. I'm still going to raise my hands. I'm still going to read my word. I'm still going to go after him. It's not a moment of doubt. It's a moment of assurance. The enemy's going to get scared and he's going to leave. You don't, okay, right now we're like, that sounds kind of funny still. I don't know, the but if not could have been doubtful. All right, let's, let's keep reading. We're going to read from 19 to 29, and y'all better party when we read this. 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. Uh-oh. Enemy got mad. And the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments. And were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. He is able and he will. He is able and he will. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace. And spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. 
Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together. And they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair on their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected. And the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Bless be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Things have surely changed by now. I make a decree that not any people, nation, or language which speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Give God a hand. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Not only is he able, is he will, but if not, was not doubt. But if not, was to let the king know that you, don't, you, you will not put fear in us. We will not believe your lies. God will deliver us. And God delivers when he says he delivers. So don't believe his lies. God has already given us the victory. There is no reason to allow the enemy any position over us, on us, or definitely not in us. For example, uh, I'm going to use, use Pancho, I'm using you as an example, sorry. I forgot to tell you, but I'm telling you now. So uh, Pancho has, he has testified that he has had financial breakthrough. Amen? Amen, Punch? Amen. Okay. He has had financial breakthrough. But I'm sure there was moments where he didn't see the light. He didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. He probably believed that he would be in this position for a long time or maybe even forever. But as soon as some truth started Coming into his heart. And he started responding. Yes. He started responding with. God is able. He started responding with. God will do it. He saw breakthrough. Now breakthrough didn't come in the form of like. You know like. Sometimes we feel like. Like, like we need to feel breakthrough. Like in our physical bodies. But, but the best breakthrough. Is just the one that you believe. The one that you're believing for, and it just happens because you believe in God. You're trusting God. And he saw, Pancho saw, breakthrough in this area of his life. And sometimes what happens when we have those breakthroughs, just as a side note, the enemy will still try to come in those areas of our life and try to gain ground again and, like, come back, you know, as if he uh, didn't get kicked out. Like, he'll come and say, like, this is, this is still true. And you have to be alert. Uh, as, as believers, the Bible calls us to be alert, calls us to be awake and sober-minded, and not let the enemy ever try to trick us in any 
area of our life. The Bible says this. I love this verse. in Romans 12, 9. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Amen. So if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. You shall be saved. What you say and confess is important. Because what you confess with your mouth is what you're believing in your heart. Now, there's some times where things come out of your mouth that you're really not believing in your heart. But if you say it enough, you'll begin to believe it in your heart. So it's important that you don't confess things that are not a part of your identity. I... You know, we all make mistakes. I, I've changed my language in a lot of things. I, I don't call myself a sinner anymore. I, I'm, I'm, I, I used to be a sinner. God doesn't call me a sinner anymore. He calls me holy nation, royal priesthood. He, call, he calls me his beloved. This is, this is a concept that not a lot of believers are comfortable with. Yes, I'm not perfect. I sin. But to be a sinner and to have the Holy Spirit in me just doesn't make sense to me according to the word. So I, I change my language in some of those things. Because if I confess continuously that I'm a sinner and I focus on my sin, then guess what? I'm going to be that. What I am is, is I'm a child of God. God has made me his righteousness. He's seated me in heavenly places. Like I said, he, he, he's called me holy nation, royal priesthood, his special people. He, he has called me his beloved, his bride. He, it, what does he? He calls me so many good things. Why am I going to put myself down if God doesn't? So my confession is important. It says, confess that Jesus is Lord. What is Lord means someone or something having power, authority, or influence, a master or ruler over people. You see, the enemy's trying to be Lord of areas of your life. And we're not going to let him, amen? That's what Lord means. And our Lord is Jesus Christ. It says, confess with your mouth. What we say determines what we are starting to believe in our hearts. So, so let's not say those things. Let's rebuke those things. If they're negative, if they're amazing things that God has said, let's do it. God works from within. The enemy tries to work from the outside in. It tries to come from the outside. And sometimes those thoughts feel like, like they're in us. Like they're a part of us, but they're not. They're coming from the outside. They're an attack, full-fledged attack. I'm going to read this to you. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him. Listen to how they overcame him. This is us. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. They defeated the enemy who, who, the, who the Bible's talking about here by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. It's important what we say. We overcome by the blood and the word of our testimony. What comes out of our mouth is very important. And this topic of God over us, on us, and in us. We're not going to give him any ground. We're going to be like Meshach. 
Shadrach and Abednego. God is able and he will. But if not, he still will.